0: Automation is actually the application you're looking for, but the benefit, the outcomes that you get from that is what really matters.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the CX Pulse podcast. We're happy to have a returning guest on today's show, and we'll be discussing how to unlock the transformative power of AI in customer experience with John Arnold, principal at J. Arnold and Associates. So, John, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, Amelia. Hi, everybody.
0: Glad to be here for another episode of CX Pulse. And the story continues, right? It never ends, but it's always interesting.
1: Yeah, and you always give us such great insights. And before we dive into the questions that we have prepared for today, I wanted to address the word transformative, right? This is a big word. You're not just talking about small changes here. Why choose the word transformative when it comes to AI and what it can offer organizations?
0: Not to overhype AI. It doesn't need any help with that. But It's important for people to understand that just how next level AI's potential is. That's no guarantee we're going to get there, but we may have talked about this earlier, but the bigger picture transition we call digital transformation as the world moves on from analog pieces to digital equivalents. And that means everything, you know, physical objects, the way we talk, the way we record things, the way we just do everything. The more things become digital, the more they generate new data that is the lifeblood, that's the oxygen for AI. So when AI kind of, you know, I hate to say it, but gets its hands on everything, it's driving the bus and it can create, reinvent new ways of doing things. And more importantly, I think, Amelia, new ways of understanding, because like anything else, the more resources you have, in this case, the more data you have, In our case, the more customer data you have, the better you can understand the customer's need. So when we think about the way most customer engagements go, agents are probably guessing half the time because they really don't have very complete information and they don't have a lot of real-time information and they don't have a personal relationship with the customer usually. So they're just kind of riffing off of what the customer is telling them and a few CRM pops that come up and tells their purchase history, that kind of thing but they're on their own to kind of connect the dots. And so the transformative possibilities for AI are to say, hey, we can make the agents much more informed, intelligent, enabled, empowered, all those things that say, I'm not just guessing anymore. I actually know what the customer's problem is. And more importantly, I know how to fix it and do it in a way that the customer will go leave happy and maybe even impressed.
1: Is that something that you mentioned in a previous webinar that you did with Nice? You said that AI doesn't tell us what to think, but it does detect patterns, which is so important because that pattern detection can help us create a roadmap to help better serve customers in the long run. And as we now steer our discussion towards the role that AI can play in the contact center, you talk about traditional or conventional use cases, but what are some examples and how are they different from emerging use cases that aren't quite as widely adopted yet?
0: So like with any kind of emerging technology, and I'll just call AI a technology for now. That's not a really accurate label, but for stuff that's new and we don't really know if it's going to be a good thing or not, we kind of go for you know the low-hanging fruit applications. And for AI, they're generally about two things: automation and cost reduction. Those are kind of drivers that all business leaders—they all want it. They all could use more of it. So. If AI can help with those things, that's going to be the ticket for them to say, yes, let's invest in this. So when we say conventional or even traditional use case, AI has really been only on the scene about a couple of years at most. So we don't have a lot to work with here, but the established forms, that's what people generally go to. Then they start thinking, how do we reduce costs? Oh, well, we can eliminate agents, lower that labor input cost. Okay, you can do that with AI, but does that really get you where you need to be. Like the transformative piece of AI, the kind of emerging use cases, moves away from those focus areas of automation, yeah, that's a good thing, reduce cost, yes, we need to do that. But what you really need to do in the world that NICE is trying to drive, CX, customer experience, if the name of the game is how do we create the best customer experiences, that's not just solved by automating a few things and taking a few costs here and there out of the process. No, it's much more about creating those great experiences that are knowledge-based, right? The agents are telling, they're not guessing. Well, now AI is really transforming things and that's the emerging area. And it's emerging only because it's so new and most contact centers, most organizations haven't yet figured out how to draw data from across the organization that gives them that complete picture. But that's the aspiration. That's what we're trying to get to with this AI. So that's what makes it emerging still.
1: Right. And we're working towards that holistic approach, taking in the traditional ways of doing things, incorporating AI to get to that holistic approach. AI is obviously complex for all of us, but technology aside, there are non-technical factors that present challenges for contact centers when they are adopting AI, And one that you discussed in the white paper is siloed thinking, and it doesn't just apply to AI. So how would you describe this, and why is it particularly challenging for the contact center?
0: That's a good point to touch on. I just wanted to quickly say, what I said before doesn't mean that current approaches to customer service don't work. You can still provide great customer experiences, and a lot of agents do, without AI. And they say, well, I'm doing well now, and the scores reflect that, so why do I need it? Fair enough, but I think the majority of contact centers are struggling to provide that great CX. So, when we come to what's getting in the way, technology is here. You guys are proving it. You know, you have the answers. But this idea of siloed thinking is a huge issue in IT circles where this reference to the idea that, you know, data knowledge is power, it's only useful for those who have access to it. And across organizations of which contact centers are just one silo, business leaders, functional areas, divisions of organizations, regional offices. A lot of the the mentality is the more I can control my data, the more power I have within the organization. So there's a tendency to kind of like keep it to yourself, not to share it because you don't see a reason to. You don't want to make yourself look vulnerable, all that kind of stuff. But there's also technical issues because a lot of Silos within organizations tend to have proprietary platforms that were never meant to integrate and share with others. So that presents a real challenge, especially for contact center, because the idea of CX as being different than customer service means you have to pull data from more sources to get that, as you say, holistic view of the customer. If all you're doing is responding to a problem that's reactive service, you don't really need to know all of that stuff. But if you're thinking about what's CX, how do we really create that loyalty, that emotional attachment, all the empathy, all the good things, then, you know, you've got to have that. So the silos is, okay, guys, we have to find a way to share because if the organization is about CX, that means the whole organization is about CX. And when you have that culture, you can break those silos down. You don't have to get rid of them, but just lower them enough that you can pull data in a meaningful way that AI can do a better job. AI is only as good as the data it has to work with.
1: Well, and John, is it correct to to assume, too, that every single day that you keep keeping all the data separate, those silos just keep getting deeper and deeper and harder to break down in the long term, so it's better to get started the sooner the better?
0: For sure. Some of this, too, is systemic. The demographics of business leaders, the digital immigrants, my generation, are more like coming from an analog world where technology was hardware based there was a lot of command and control management style that keeps everything in its own place that's not the world today when it's cloud it's much more user driven applications that kind of basis of power isn't really sustainable anymore so those business leaders have to think differently about being able to share what do we have to do you don't have to get rid of what you do but you have to make it more accessible for kind of the bigger cause of doing that so That's a challenge in itself. And again, the vendors like nice bring that solution and say, hey guys, if you want the benefit of this, you have to think a little differently here, right? How do you break those silos down in a way that you can trust it and say, ah, we're better off doing this? Okay, we'll open up the gates a little bit for that. Then you have a path.
1: Exactly. And creating that path is where it all starts getting to that new data and finding those new patterns. Most of what we hear with AI for the contact center pertains to CX and improving customer service. That's certainly a valid focus, but you also talk about the importance of AI for improving the agent experience, along with how that complements CX. So let's unpack that a bit.
0: Sure. So this is an ongoing theme as the concept of customer service evolves. It's becoming that word holistic again figures into it, where customer satisfaction isn't just a matter of. Give agents the tools and they'll be fine because nobody leaves school saying, I want to be a customer service agent. It's not generally a career path of choice. So attracting good people to this sector means you can't be that choosy and you've got to make it a job that they actually can be good at and enjoy and be rewarding. AI tools give a lot more possibility to the agents to do that because basically as we've established clearly that there's a good connection between when agents are empowered and could do a good job, CX is going to improve, right? And it's just not a matter of giving them the tools. They have to be viewed as partners in this. They've got to be trained properly, compensated properly, and made to feel that these tools are there to make their jobs easier and better, not to replace them. Because if they view AI as a threat, why would I train my replacement? This is what's happening in the world of Uber. The drivers just don't know it yet. But once they have enough data, they don't need the drivers anymore. Autonomous vehicles will replace them and then Uber will be really profitable. But you know what I'm saying? The more data, the more value these applications can have. And again, it's all about that agent experience. When they feel like, oh, look at all this stuff I have. I really know what this customer needs. That turns into a much more enjoyable experience for the agent and they're making a difference and they feel valued, all those good things, that agent experience will absolutely drive better CX.
1: Yes. And in the past, we've used that analogy of having a co-pilot at your side. Everyone likes to have that backup, that support to know, yes, I'm on the right track. I'm going in the right direction. I have to imagine that would help with agent retention long-term as well if they feel like they're not on their own or working towards finding their replacement, as you said.
0: Yeah. And it's a big deal right now because, you know, in this new world of hybrid work where a lot of agents are remote and they're alone at home, they don't have the benefit of, you know, peeking over a cubicle to talk to other agents. You know, how did you handle this one? How does this tool work? It's hard. So, again, you can do remote training and support, but AI can be like it's real time. And so it can make a big difference to them not feeling so isolated and unempowered because they don't know what the hell they're doing half the time. So that's a big reality in the contact center. And also it's a big factor on the training side, because we know turnover is high. That's really not going to just go away. And so you've got to be able to train agents faster and better to get them up to speed. And again, AI can look at those patterns you mentioned earlier, figure out the best practices, who are our top agents, what's their playbook look like? Now you could go straight to those new agents, the rookies and say, hey, here's what our best agents do in these situations. Learn from that instead of figuring it out as they go. That's a really great way to make agents feel valued and feel they have a future doing this, right?
1: Exactly. And everybody appreciates clarity when they know I'm on the right track. So John, your white paper identifies seven areas where AI can create new business value. And I'm sure that'll be of great interest to our CX Pulse listeners. So we'll make sure to link to that. We don't have time to review all of them, but we're going to go over a couple here today. And one that comes to mind would be operational efficiencies, and another would be competitive differentiation. These are really different applications, but I think it'll be a good way to show just how broad the scope is for AI to bring new business value, not just to the contact center, but to business overall. So why don't you break those two down for us?
0: Yeah, sure, Amelia. It's good to touch on these a little bit. Like you say, we don't have time for all of it, but again, we're getting further and further away from where we started about, oh, I'm just going to use it to automate stuff. I'm going to use it just to reduce costs. So the first thing about operational efficiency, yes, automation is actually the application you're looking for, but the benefit, the outcomes that you get from that is what really matters. And so now we start talking about, for example, you get automatic call summaries, like this is an operational thing. So Agents don't have to worry so much at the end of the call. Did they capture everything, right? Is it accurate? Is it complete? Do I have time to do this? Because I got to get to my next call. Now, when you have those summaries generated automatically, they don't really have to worry about it too much. The only glitch is if the speech rack isn't very good, it won't be accurate. But generally speaking, that's the advance we see now with AI. It's good enough that you can trust it to do that. And then, of course, you have all the backend stuff about operational efficiencies in terms of processes. You start talking about interactions between supervisors and agents, scheduling shifts for agents, all the WFM stuff. You can automate a lot of that, and that just streamlines a lot of things that used to slow things down. The other side of the brand, you know, you talk about that, that kind of second piece of it. I wouldn't call it the soft stuff. But when you look at the things that creates customer loyalty, they're not just being loyal to your product or service, they're loyal to your brand. They're loyal to what you represent. And when the contact center can provide a really good experience that goes beyond what people normally expect, that's like an extension of what that brand means to them and say, you know what, I have confidence when I use a chatbot with these guys, it's pretty good. When I talk to an agent, that agent actually knows who I am. That's a brand that, you know, you care for me, I'll care for you. I will stick with you. And then, of course, the AI piece ties into when you identify a happy customer, a customer who's clearly going to indicate loyalty to you. Now you reward that loyalty with all these in the moment promotions and say, hey, in appreciation for all your support, we're going to give you an extra three months in your subscription. Or would you like a free trial of this product? Now you're really making them feel more like partners. That's all the stuff that's the intangibles that make that brand so effective when you align it. But if sales and marketing are doing their own thing and customer service is in an island somewhere that no one talks to, that's not going to happen. But again, AI, you draw from all these pieces, you can tell a much stronger story. But you got to be thinking like this. Otherwise, if you're just going from call to call to call, you're just fighting fires. You're never going to get there.
1: Yeah, you're so right. You know, as a customer, I can just feel when a certain organization has that sophisticated approach and I can tell that their data is coming through and the agent that I'm speaking to knows where we're headed. That's such a comfort for me. And as a customer, I may be so much less likely than at that point to go shop a competitor or switch away in the future. So I definitely pick up on that from the customer perspective. John, I have to say, you're so great to talk to about all this. You humanize it so much, and you're giving us so much insight. As we wrap up, and thank you for your time, why don't you let our listeners know where they can check out your white paper and maybe learn a little bit more about you as well?
0: Okay. Well, thank you. I do appreciate that, Amelia. Yeah, tech can be pretty daunting. And I'm not that sophisticated, but I understand it well enough (laughs) to get to be talking in places like this. So, I'm an analyst. Most of my work is very public and my website is easy to find, jarnoldassociates.com. And there you can see I've got a blog, I have a newsletter, podcast, and I'm writing articles all the time and doing stuff like this. The white paper itself, you can find it on my website, but more importantly, you can find it on NICE's website. I'm sure it's in the resources section where you can get a download to access it. Easy to find. And for what it's worth, there's more white papers in the works. So, There's more to come and hopefully we'll cover those in future CX Pulse episodes.
1: Absolutely. I look forward to our next conversation. John, thank you so much for being here.
0: Okay. You're welcome. And thanks all for listening.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to NICE.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end CX solutions. That's NICE.com.